Well, this morning we're going to focus on missions. On uh, Nazarene Missions International is what we as Nazarenes kind of just kind of throw it all in this ball that we call NMI. So if I use that phrase, that's, that's what I'm talking about, Nazarene Missions International. But before we really dive in, I just have to say thank you because I, I didn't, I didn't look in all the official records or anything, but um, some of you could testify to this. Uh, this church has faithfully given to the World Evangelism Fund, Alabaster Offering, Easter Offering, and to missionaries along the journey, and all kinds of special offerings that we take. This church has always, always been big on making that a priority, that, that we recognize that, that we're a part of a church that's much bigger than ourselves, that that we are given resources to give. And so thank you on behalf of all those around the world that your efforts have gone to serve. There are missionaries all across the world, and some of that is because of us, our local church giving. And so that's exciting to celebrate. Today, as we talk about NMI, um, I want to draw our focus in toward local missions. Again, as Pastor Gary mentioned this earlier, uh, August 1st at 6 p.m. We're going to have a missionary here and, um, and hear about what God's doing uh, in another country, in different parts of the world. Um, but today, I want us to, to talk about our local community and what it looks like to do mission there, to be about God's mission in Gainesville and, and what that could look like for us. Because if we truly are Nazarene, Nazarene Missions International, we do go other places, but we are part of the world, and so we believe that our, our community needs served as well. And as many of you know, there's, for decades now, there have been missionaries from other countries coming to America because they see the great need for it. So um, all that to say, we look at Christ, at what Christ is calling us to do daily and how that can impact our local community. So I want to invite you to turn to Matthew 13. We're going to read the first nine verses of Matthew chapter 13. The parable of the sower. I invite you to stand as we read together Matthew 13. That same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake. Such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying... A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. Let's pray. God, we pray today that we would have ears to hear. That as we dive into this parable and, and, and kind of this, this plan that we've established for, for NMI this year, God, would you, would you guide us and direct us? May our hearts be receptive to what you have. It's in your name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. So I have to say, I wrote this sermon long, earlier in the week. I did not write it yesterday. So this might be a tough subject after what occurred yesterday. 
But one of the things that kind of unites us in this room, uh, we all kind of have different college football teams we like. We kind of all have different basketball teams if we even pay attention to basketball. We have different NFL teams because the Falcons are the Falcons. And, you know, it's just so we kind of pull for other people. But one thing that we all kind of share, whether you follow it a lot or you just go to the games with a friend occasionally, we like the Braves, right? We, the Braves unite us, and even if you're not from Georgia, this was before my time, but as my dad explained growing up in Pittsburgh, because the Braves played on TBS, it was a national uh, station. So people all over the country followed the Braves simply because when you turn on the TV, that was the game. If you wanted to watch sports, you watched the Braves. So there's a lot of Braves fans, and, and I know that that kind of unites us today. And... Um, if you haven't heard, Ronald Acuna tore his ACL yesterday and will be out the rest of the season. So uh, the Braves are, uh, might as well call in the backups and take the year off. But, um, but all that to say that baseball is quite interesting in the fact that baseball is a numbers game, right? It's all about the statistics. If you've ever listened to Chip Carey and Jim Powell call a Braves game on the radio, you hear some interesting statistics. The, the TV guys don't always know this, but the, the local radio guys keep track of this stuff. You hear stats like, the Braves have only lost twice after a leading game by two runs in the fourth inning or later in the month of July in years which it did not rain on the fourth of July, and that year did not contain a leap year. You know what I'm talking about, right? They know these crazy numbers. Or... The Braves beat the Marlins 68% of the time when the first pitch of the game is a curveball. What? Who cares? But they keep those statistics. They track everything. One of the most important statistics in baseball is a player's batting average. This is simply a ratio of the player's safe hits compared total number of batting attempts. The difference between batting... 0.25 or what most people would call 250. The difference between batting 250 on the year and 300 can make a huge difference. It can carry your team up several spots in the standings. Um, and in batting 250 to 300 takes you from not being recognized to an all-star pretty much in most years. It's a big difference. Well, I checked this week because I was curious. The player in the history of baseball with the highest batting average in their career. Anybody know? No, he was up there. No, he was up there, but uh, we're, you're thinking more the right time frame. A guy by the name of Ty Cobb. Right, right. You know, that was our next guess. Oh, Ty Cobb, right? Ty Cobb. Rings a bell, right? Ty spent 22 years with the Tigers and finished with the A's for two seasons at the end of his career. His batting average was a three sixty six, which is just unheard of. But that, was, that wasn't for a season. That was his whole career. His average was three sixty six. So if you don't know anything about baseball and you don't care about sports, to put this into perspective... That means Ty came up to the bat 13,103 times in his 22 years. He only successfully got on base 
4,000 times. This means that there were 9,000 at-bats that led to absolutely nothing for Ty. Isn't that crazy? He's the best to ever do it. And 9,000 times he was unsuccessful. Maybe an occasional sacrifice fly to advance runners, but over 9,000 of his at-bats led to nothing. And to this day, he still has the highest batting average in the history of the game and finished his career in 1928. So almost 100 years ago, and nobody's really even scratched the surface. Again, if you're batting 250, you know, the Braves would take a few 250 batters, all they could take right now. Every player since has been less successful. Just think about that. But yet, what do we call them? They're professionals. They get paid the big bucks to strike out 9,000 times. Well, how did Ty get to 4,100 plus hits? Well, the answer is he went to bat a lot. He wasn't discouraged by a strikeout. He knew he had teammates, right? Baseball's a team sport. Just because you strike out doesn't mean the next guy can't hit everybody in. He didn't stop going to the plate when it seemed like he was missing at every pitch. No. He kept taking at-bats. He kept sowing seeds. So those seeds would look very promising until an outfielder came out of nowhere to make the diving catch. Some of the seeds that he scattered would trickle over the foul line out of play and seem like a complete waste of energy. I saw Freddie Freeman do that not too long ago. He was at bat forever. He just kept ripping them but they just go over the foul line and into the stands. So close to being meaningful, but yet it accounted to nothing. But Ty kept coming to the plate. He kept sowing seeds. He knew that he would never successfully come around to home plate every time he swung the bat. But he didn't quit trying. Church, sometimes we wonder why we're not seeing change in our community. We pray for God to radically transform it and revive it. But the success rate of that, when there's no seeds, is going to be zero. Had the farmer not planted any seed, the seed on the good soil would have never been planted either. So what am I saying? I'm saying for us to truly be a center for community, a place where people connect to God and connect to their neighbor that we want to be, we have to be about the work of planting seeds in our local community. Recognizing that we can go to the plate over 13,000 times and only see about a third of those at-bats make any sort of difference. But if we had just sat on the bench afraid, unsure and worried about messing up, we would have no seed on good soil, allowing the kingdom of God to truly break into our community here in Gainesville. I want to talk a little bit about some of the ways that we hope to see this happen, um, but I can't take any credit for these ways. I'm simply a presenter today. Um, Rebecca Williamson has done a lot of work in planning this as the NMI coordinator, and, um, and the board has looked at this plan and said, yes, we we're on board and, and, and we want to see this take, uh, take action. And so 
in this coming year, we've got some things mapped out of ways that we can plant seed in our community. So as I share that with you today, I want you to view this through the lens of spreading seed. We don't pretend to believe that every time we do one of these things and interact with our community, that huge immediate change will happen. We don't believe that we're supposed to do these things to increase attendance numbers in this meeting. While we may gain some Sunday morning attenders through our efforts, that's not our ultimate goal. Our goal is to meet needs in our community through the love of Christ and plant those seeds of new creation. We do, however, firmly believe that God calls us to spread the seed and allow the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit does. So here are just a few ideas and ways in which we intend to reach into our local community and begin to serve those those needs that are there. First, one of the first goals that we have is extraordinary prayer. While this might seem strange, well, why start with prayer? Well, if we look at anything that Jesus did in Jesus' ministry, the disciples would kind of be looking for him, and where would he be? He would be off by himself praying. He would be preparing for what was to come. So one of those ways that we'll lean into extraordinary prayer is focusing on the Lord's Prayer, the way that Christ reminded us and taught us to pray for humanity as a whole to usher in God's kingdom now. Rebecca would like to work with several of you to create five-minute podcast studies on the different sections of the Lord's Prayer, really diving into what, what do these lines mean, your kingdom come, your will be done, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. What does that mean? Four times a year, we want to hold prayer gatherings, to have a prayer walk or a labyrinth to pray for specific local organizations. Organizations like Beautiful Feet, Newtown Florist Club, Gateway Domestic Center, who we've had here before, Good News at Noon, and others. Local organizations that are out serving our community, we want to host them here and have prayer and allow the community to come around them and support them. So for those things, we'll need volunteers to help lead those events and communicate with those organizations so that, so that they can be present and know what's going on and their staff and volunteers can be involved. But prayer is essential to any effort that we have because Christ is the one calling us to scatter seed. We must unite ourselves with Christ before we ever think about spreading his word. The second goal, again, this might sound strange, but it's confession of weakness. You might say, well, again, why? While this might not seem like even an action item, it's an extremely important part of serving in the name of Jesus. Through prayer and confession, we are humbled. We're reminded that as we go out and spread seed, the seed's not about us. We can't make it grow, but the Spirit can. And God asks us to partner with Him in spreading seed. And God graciously invites us into participation. We'll have a box that can't be opened as a space for you to write confessions. Admitting your shortcomings and needs for grace can allow for a spiritual shift to begin to take place. As part of your discipleship group or your small group, there'll be times where confession takes place. Where you can be honest and open with people that you trust and with those whom you're seeking Christ after. Our third thing is to supply resources. 
One way that we see possible to supply resources in our community is through what we'll call bread makers. You'll have the opportunity to break bread that can be to bake bread that can be distributed in our community. The way this will work is that when someone in the congregation becomes aware of it, they'll simply ask for bread. And one of the bread makers will supply bread, and the person that knew of the need will then be able to take that bread into that situation and provide bread. While this might seem so very simple, again, there's opportunity for prayer. As the bread is, is baked, made. The, the person making it can be in prayer for the family that, that it will serve, that it will feed. We as a community will be able to step into a place where there's brokenness and just provide a glimpse of hope so that that person will know that someone cares and not just enough to say, oh, you know, yeah, I, I'm here if you need anything, but to step into that situation and say, hey, here's a loaf of bread. And if you need anything else, we're here. We all know what Jesus did with five loaves of bread. Imagine what a single family can do with a single loaf. Another way that we can supply resources is through supplying skills-based classes for the community. Once a quarter, we'd like to supply a cooking class or uh, some, a building skills class or organizational skills or self-awareness skills. Anything that we can do to help our local community. These classes are a great way for us to provide resources to our community that can help others grow and develop. If you have a skill that you say, oh, I could teach that, knowing, sewing, knitting, whatever it might be, these are the kind of things that can be meaningful, that we can say, hey, we want to share this with our community and be a place of light. The fourth action step is to create a safe space. So many people struggle with stress and anxiety and have no safe space to be validated and affirmed. You see, again, we don't give people meaning. We, that's not our job. We look at people in the eyes and we affirm their meaning. And we need a safe place for that to happen. So one idea is to update space in the fellowship hall, to be a welcoming space where coffee can be served and groups could meet and talk about difficult things, a safe space to share the goodness of God and be a beacon of light to our community. While we don't have all the plans for this project and what all it could look like, the goal is to turn our focus outwards once again to meet a need in our community. So we're not 100% sure how this might turn out, but, but we are praying and asking God to allow us to dream, to dream with the resources that we already have available to us and asking God to help us to dream those dreams with God. Our children just spent a month exploring different countries on Wednesday nights. Courtney, if you could pull up those pictures. Um, grow up and leave America to serve Jesus. That's crazy. But to begin to stir their imaginations of, could God be calling me to this? And if not, how can I be of assistance to those that are already doing it? Rebecca and the children's ministry team will explore ways that children can participate in missions through prayer, alabaster, district missions days, the reading of missionary books and local projects. The same will be true for the teens. As we begin to revamp the teen group, the teens can participate in the bread-making process 
and delivering the bread. They can participate in the prayer and confession, mission projects in our community, and missionary books. Uh, the teens actually are blessed. They have a weekend every year committed to missions called Youthquake. So we're going to make sure that that's a priority. And um, again, to just begin to open eyes and, and hearts to see that God is doing something exceptionally great around the world. Um, and as Jeff mentioned last week, there's people in other countries asking, do people elsewhere know about this Jesus? <laughs> it's crazy to think. But it's true, it's happening. Lastly, you'll be hearing each month about our NMI emphasis for the month. We'll provide resources, materials, and, and sometimes maybe even classes on these different emphasis, such as healthcare, food security, the refugee crisis, and immigrant support, and many others. And we'll, we'll emphasize these during our prayer time as well each month to continue to turn our eyes back to the fact that we're on a mission much greater than just Gainesville. I also want to take just a moment and uh, tell you some, some good news of, of how this is already happening uh, through some guys in our local church. And they will hate that I'm doing this, but it's been brought to our attention multiple times. Um, David James and Gerald Herring are doing local missions on, beha on behalf of Christ in our community. They have, if they haven't worked in your house... You'll probably be calling them soon. Um, and, and, and I know they don't want praise today, but I want you to know that they're doing good work, and we're thankful for them. And, um, and so this is already taking place, but I want to challenge us today. How can we be sowing seed in the community? Because, again, we can sit here and have a 24-hour prayer service non-stop 24-7, but ultimately God is calling us to participate. God is telling us, hey, it's not enough to just, you know, sit here. He's calling us to be about this work in the world. I bring all these ideas and thoughts before you today, not to try to overwhelm you, but hopefully this excites you. You have heard numerous ways today in which you can volunteer and be involved, and I invite you, come talk to me about it. Talk to Becca. Or if you have questions or want to volunteer, we're available. But you can also volunteer on the website. Uh, this whole plan is on the website. If you, if you go to GainesvilleNaz.com and you just hover your mouse over uh, Worship and Discipleship, there's a tab that will come up that says Nazarene Missions International. And there is uh, a section that says local mission. And right there you can volunteer. Um, and the plan is also there. There's a link. You click on it. And it breaks down everything that I'm talking about this morning. Um, mainly because we know it's important that as we're about mission in the world to have a plan. If, if God is, is stirring something in your heart today from something that I've, I've said, we'd love to talk with you about it. And church, we don't want to do any of this in an effort just to get busy. You know, we, COVID happened and it seemed like our schedules just kind of freed up and we couldn't do anything. And then now as we've gotten back into things, some of you are probably busier now than you've ever been, but that's not our goal. We don't want to just, so that when people ask, what does your church do? We can say, oh, this, 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 this. 
We want it to be meaningful. We don't want to do this to keep score by how many people walk through these doors because of this plan. We want to count success differently. We want to count the number of seeds that have been planted and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that some of those seeds, they're going to fall on good soil. We also know that even the seeds that get choked out by the weeds or burned up by the sun provide a brief glimmer of hope that might just be enough for the soil to begin to get cleaned up. If the farmer didn't scatter seed because he knew only a third would grow, he would never have any grass. We make these efforts trusting that God has prepared, trusting the God who prepared our soil to receive the seed is preparing the hearts of others in our community. It simply needs us to be faithful in that process. And I want to remind you today, once again, that it's, it's the, the Holy Spirit that prepared the soil of our hearts to receive God, to receive that relationship. So we might go out and do things, and we could ask a lot of questions about, well, what if they respond? What if they... What if they but the farmer knew. The farmer knew that, in our case, somebody might take that loaf of bread and say, I don't like wheat bread. Probably going to happen, just telling you. Somebody might take that loaf of bread, cut it in half, and freeze half of it in hopes that it might last just a little bit longer. Somebody might hear about the goodness of God in our conversations with them around the table because we've created a safe place for them to open up and to admit that there's need for something. So today I want to end with a time of prayer. On behalf of our church and on behalf of Gainesville, um, if you would like to come to these altars, you're welcome to. But ultimately, I want to pray for our church as a whole. I want us to pray that, that God would direct us in this coming year as we serve our local community. I invite you to pray with us about ways in which we can reach people. Pray for the soil that, that, God, that God is already preparing in our community to receive some of these things. Pray for our local officials and officers and elected government. Let's spend these next few moments in prayer asking God, hey, we want to be faithful. We want to spread seed. Asking God to give us the strength and wisdom to do so. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful today. So grateful that, that we're a part of a church that's much bigger than ourselves. A church that's much bigger than Gainesville, Georgia. A church that's much bigger than the United States of America a church that stretches the globe. God, today we're thankful for those that, that spread the seed of your word into our lives. We can each think of people right now that spread that seed not knowing exactly what would happen. But here we are, years, decades even later. And in this time, we're thankful that they didn't think, well, 
Maybe it's not worth it. God, help us to never get tired of going to the plate, to take the at-bat, sow the seed, and trust you with it. Lord, bless our community, this city of Gainesville that so desperately needs you. And God, guide us in the ways in which you would have us to be about work in our city. Lord, we do pray today for our elected officials. We pray for our local organizations that are already doing your work. Lord, help partner better with them. Help us to lift them up prayer. God, help us to truly become a center for community. Lord, and, and as we continue to give to global offerings and missions, and, and Lord, would you bless that? And help us to realize that that's, that's not the only way that we serve. Lord, help us to know that, that we're doing good work with the thrift store, but God, that's not our only avenue of ministry. Lord, there's so much seed to be, to be scattered. And help us to be willing to do it, even if our batting average might not be that great. Lord, we want to measure success differently. Success in your eyes that rejoices when one person comes to know you. We know it'll be worth any amount of money, any amount of time, energy, and effort that we could spend. Father, bless us today. Help us to confess that we are not Lord, but you are. Help us as we turn to you that the same spirit that gathered us here today, that spoke to us, now sends us out to be a missional people in your world. Bless us now. Stir our hearts. Make us hungry to serve you. And it's in your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. I invite you to stand and receive a blessing today. That the God of all grace and all peace that gathered us here today would send you out into our local community to spread seed and to trust the Holy Spirit with the rest. And it's in that name we pray. Amen. Go in grace and peace today.